Welcome to episode 104 of Breakout Culture. I'm Charlotte Metcalf. I'm an associate editor at Country and Townhouse magazine. Oh, and I'm Ed Vasey. I'm the culture editor on of Country and Townhouse magazine. <laughs> and I'm you slightly are. in shock. I'm slightly in shock because today we're talking about movies because we're lucky enough to have with us the multi-award winning producer and director Chris Majumda, who's just revealed that I basically launched his career. <laughs> Who knew he made a documentary about Michael Howard, uh, the Tory leader, Michael Howard, in case you're thinking, who the hell am I talking about, with Michael Cockrell back in the day, 17 years ago. And yes. uh, I was in it. Well, I don't know if I was in it. I was interviewed for it. And I'm now kind of amazed that I was on the ground floor with this megastar. <laughs> because alongside executive producer, Ricky Gervais and Stephen Marchant. Krish has been series director of the hugely successful An Idiot Abroad, which broke viewing records for Sky One. The DVDs also went on to sell over 1.3 million copies. He's got an independent production company called Me and You Productions. It's co-produced An Idiot Abroad, as well as the award-winning Hoff the Record and Dominic Savage's I Am, which stars Vicky McClure, Sam Morton and Gemma Chan. Now, Chris also, of course, happens to be the chair of BAFTA and the EE BAFTA Awards are being announced on the evening our podcast airs, Sunday the 19th at 7pm. So we're absolutely delighted to have him with us today to give us a rundown on the nominated films so we can decide what we're going to go and see at the movies next. Good morning, Chris. Morning. Morning. Hello. It's a pleasure to be here. And Ed, lovely to see you again after all these years. A lot of our listeners will probably be listening after the results are out. They certainly won't have seen all the movies on the shortlist. So to whet our appetites, we're going to go through the 10 films in the best film category uh, and also discuss how they were whittled down because 214 films had to be watched. Yes. So, I mean, we've got a, a brilliant list of films this year. 45 different films were nominated this year, which is a great spread of films. And what's so great about them, I think there's a real breadth and depth of of different types of movies, different genres and different stories. If you just look at the best film nominees, uh, and there are five in best film, there are 10 in outstanding British film, which we'll get to. Uh, and the BAFTAs are basically an award ceremony that look at global film, but with a kind of British lens on them. So in the best film category... Uh, we have leading the pack. We have all quiet on the Western Front. I've seen uh, that. I've seen that. Have, have you seen that? That? Was, a, that was on Netflix. That's a cracker. That, that is on Netflix. Fourteen nominations. That's way out ahead of the pack. It's kind it? of That's... amazing. It's on a streamer, which is great because lots of people can see it. But I would, if there are screenings in the cinema, I would really implore people to go and see it on the big screen. Because it is epic. It's an and it's a German anti-war movie, which is surprising. You'd think German language film would that get the most nominations, and I think that's telling in itself that over the last few years subtitles aren't scary anymore. Films mm. like Parasite, I think, changed yes. the whole, you know, the whole picture. And it is an epic film, and it's the film tied with Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon the film not in the English language, which has the most nominations ever, 14. And then following that, we have two films on 10 nominations each, 
we have the banshees of Inisher and Martin McDonagh's uh, tragic. Have it. you seen? Have you seen yeah. it? Have you seen it, Ed? Yes, I saw that as well. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah, uh, and again, Colin and Farrell again, is unbelievably brilliant. <laughs> it's just so. Yes, yeah, so is Brendan Gleeson as well. Are, yeah, I mean, the four actors are all nominated, which is really interesting. It shows what a performance piece it is, but. But again, it's a really different type of movie. It's a tragic comedy about male friendship set in 1920s Ireland. So tied second with the most amount of nominations with Banshees uh, is Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Have you seen that? No, and I'm intrigued no. by this because I can't think of anything I'd rather see less, quite honestly. Yeah, but, I mean... That's exactly <laughs> what I think. I can't get my head around it. Why has it become this kind of cult movie? Isn't well, it a bit weird? What's it about? Well, it's 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 a genre. Oh, it's one of those kind of Marvel films, isn't it? No, no, no. It it's it's not. It is a genre bending mother daughter journey into the multiverse. Oh, oh my god. god! Can you imagine anything <laughs> worse? Oh, but but you god, should no. honestly, you no. should sit. <laughs> To all the listeners, it is really worth seeing. Uh, and I think that's the point of the, the BAFTA nominations, the film nominations. What we as an academy, we're an arts charity, and what we're trying to do is identify and reward excellence. So we're saying, obviously, it's it's all the best people in the industry who are part of the academy vote on the films, and you're chosen by your peers. But what we're trying to do is say... To the public, well, to the industry and to the public, these are the best movies, these are the best performances. So this year, and in five years' time or ten years' time, people will see these movies and say they were excellent. And the other thing is, and what I love about the nominations this year, they're so different, these films. I mean, everything, everywhere, all at once. You might not have, you might not watch it, um, but now it's been nominated with ten nominations, Ed and Charlotte. I think it's worth you watching and I think I think you should try it well I know you, know? you can't possibly comment in your role but can I just say the trailer is rubbish <laughs> so it put me off 1000% it just was lots of her whirling into some of the and I love Michelle Yeoh I love her you know so I would be persuaded on that alone to go and see it but the trailer put me off completely I honestly sometimes I think trailers it's sometimes good to see movies without having seen the trailer. Uh, yes. And also, it's it's unexpected. And it is a spectacle. Uh, and also, there is uh, a really brilliant story in it. Uh, Ki He Kwan is up for Best Supporting Actor. He, he's in it. And uh, he was a child actor in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And then his career had a real lull. And then this film has kind of resurrected his career, and he thought he wouldn't get a second chance. So it's been an amazing story. Oh. And he's very emotional at award ceremonies. And uh, and all the acting nominees are coming to the BAFTAs this year. So it's going to be a really starry night. And then in the Elvis. nominations... So we, Elvis. Yes. yes Elvis, Elvis has Elvis. Nine, yeah. nine nominations. And what I love about this, it's, it's a really loud energetic music biopic it's it's Baz Luhrmann and you know it's a big popular studio movie and that's what I love about the nominations people say well are we ignoring popular films 
And no, we're not. In terms of Elvis has nine nominations. And one of the things I love about the nominations this year is that you have Top Gun with four nominations and you also have Batman with four nominations. But you have two British films, which are much smaller, independent British films, After Sun and uh, Good Luck to You, Leo Grande as well. So they're tying with Top Gun. So you've got that kind of breadth of oh, films being... I haven't seen being... those two British independent... I haven't even heard of oh, no. Well, oh, we'll, we'll, Ed, we'll get to those. you have to see... Yeah, let's, just, let's, let's, let's just talk about those two first, because neither of us has seen After Sun. So tell us about that, because it's a debut movie from Charlotte Wells, isn't it? Yes, and What's also... The plot? She, well, it's an 11-year-old Sophie. It's a girl, a, a young girl... And she treasures the time she spends with her loving father, Callum. Uh, and and he is played by uh, Paul Meskel, uh, oh, yes. who is in Normal People, uh, who's nominated for leading he's actor. He's also <laughs> I mean, been nominated he's, he's... at the Oscars as well. And so Paul Meskel plays Callum. And this girl, uh, Sophie, uh, she she really treasures her time with her father, but Callum, her father, struggles with life outside fatherhood. So 20 years later, the film's about Sophie's recollections of their last holiday, uh, and it becomes a heart-rending portrait of their relationship as she tries to reconcile the father she knew with the man she didn't. And I don't want to give too much more away. I'll just have to say it's an outstanding debut, and it's up for outstanding debut this year and it's out for outstanding british film as well and paul mescal is up for leading actor so it's a really distinctive beautiful film now i have seen the other one good luck to you rio uh rio grande leo leo grande which has got ed if you haven't seen it, it's got emma thompson in it hiring a sex worker and it's oh, absolutely, I've heard about this. Absolutely, she is so brave. That made me I, feel slightly queasy. I've got no, to say. no, 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 no it's not. She's so brilliant, isn't she, Chris? She's, she's incredible. So... But also, I think it takes two to tango, uh, and a young Irish actor called Daryl McCormack plays the sex worker, and he is Emma Thompson's equal. And it, yeah. and it also, it's a, it's a, it is a two hander. It's a real two hander. Ed, you might feel queasy about it. But it's beautiful it's and it's beautiful. it's empowering and liberating yeah. and it's not just for women. It, it's for everyone, I would say. Wouldn't you say, Charlotte? Yeah, it's absolutely superb. So is Tom Cruise coming to the BAFTAs? I don't know if he is, actually. I need to check because his film is certainly nominated. It's got four nominations. Talking of, of Maverick, uh, Top Gun Maverick, do you think, Chris, that timing affects... Uh, nominations. There's no evidence to say it does, although all the commentators like to say, well, that came out early in the year, the voters forgot about it. But I think all the voters would have seen it, and it has been rewarded in certain categories. Unlike the Oscars, which have 10 in best film, we have five in best yeah. film, but we wanted to shine a spotlight on British film, so yeah. we have 10 in British film. Uh, so that's the kind of difference. So let's let's go back talking just about the last three films that we haven't talked about. So The Whale, which is extraordinary uh, Brendan Fraser, isn't it? Tell us, and, and Tar, of course, and, and Batman. Yes. So, Tar. Uh, Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett in Tar, <laughs> who's up for leading actress and who has 
She has uh, won before and been nominated before. I think she has had eight nominations before and three wins. Uh, She's won for Blue Jasmine. She's won leading actress for Blue Jasmine. Supporting actress in 2005 for The Aviator. And of course, uh, I'm sure we all remember, although it was a long time ago, leading actress in Elizabeth in 1999. Do you remember that? So Lydia Tarr, she's, uh, uh, Kate plays Lydia Tarr, and she's widely revered as an icon in the music world until her life begins to unravel in a kind of singularly modern way. And, and, and what it is, it's, it's, the result is like a real examination of power and the impact and durability uh, in today's society. So she's this kind of conductor who gets involved in a scandal. I don't want to say too much more than that, but it's an incredibly powerful performance and and film. And again, it's Todd Field who is nominated for director and and you think Todd Field's done amazing films over the year, over the years. It's Todd Field's first BAFTA nomination for directing. There is something I want to just mention before I forget is I'm not sure we're going to talk about, but the EE Rising Star Award. Do you know about this? Yes, we are. We oh, are yes. going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. we are. Yeah. We are. Don't we'll talk about it now. <laughs> yes. So we are really proud of the EE Rising Star Award. It's the only award voted for by the public. And we have an incredible list of uh, performers this year who are who are nominated. So we have Amy Lou Wood, who's in Living. Have you seen Living with no. Bill Nye? No, I'm dying to see that. Oh, God, it's so, so good. I'm, I'm Sorry, I'm not meant to say it's good. I'm meant to be <laughs> impartial. It's um, Living's the story of, like, an ordinary man uh, in post-World War II London who's kind of reduced by years of oppressive office work, office routine. He's like a shadow of himself. And then he's inspired by a young work colleague played by Amy Lou Wood. At at the 11th hour, he tries to make a real effort to turn his dull life into something wonderful, just so he can say he lived his life to the full. I mean, he hears something he has. I mean, you'll see it in the trailer if you see it. Bill Nye, he he gets medical news. So then he's he's got a certain time left. it's a beautiful, beautiful film. So Amy Lou Wood, who's also in Sex Education, which is a hugely popular Netflix show. So that's Amy Lou Wood. And then we have Daryl McCormack, who we've talked about for Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. Emma Mackey, who's in Emily, uh, and also in Sex Education as well, interestingly. Naomi Aki, who's in I Want to Dance with Somebody, who plays Whitney Houston. Have you seen this? Oh, I'm desperate to see that. I really want to see that. It's got amazing reviews. It's an extraordinary performance. I mean, it's also extraordinary that she's British and playing such an incredible American icon. I mean, does she sing too, Chris? Does she actually do the singing? She doesn't do all of the singing, no, but there is an incredible technique in the lip syncing. And obviously, yes. when you lip sync, you have to do a bit of singing. Yeah. So technically, I think it's an incredible performance. And it's such Body a... Bodyguard is my favourite film of all time. Is it? Really? Yeah. Is it? You soppy old 100%. thing. <laughs> really? Because 
God, because Ned. it it, <laughs> it features <laughs> massively underrated. Massively well, it, underrated. It, film. Yes, well, it features in her story. Uh, it yeah. features in 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 this. So Naomi Aki, who who also. Uh, she's won a, a TV BAFTA for the end of the effing world on on Channel Four and Netflix. But Naomi is, I mean, they're all extraordinary. These these young performers, and then Sheila Atim in The Woman King. Have you seen that? She plays opposite Viola Davis in a, a another extraordinary uh, extraordinary film this year. And Viola Davis, I mean, she's one of our great, you know, one of the greats. So. The EE Rising Star Award, what's so good about it is BAFTA has highlighted and shone uh, a spotlight on some brilliant actors over the last few years. So Lashana Lynch, uh, Bookie, uh, who was in, in the Bond movie, Bookie Bakray, uh, who was in Rocks, Michael Ward, who's also nominated for Empire of Light this year, mm. Letitia Wright, who's in Black Panther, uh, one of the biggest movies in the world. Daniel Kaluuya, who's won an Oscar. Oh, yeah, he's fabulous. Tom Holland, John Boyega, Tom Hardy, James McAvoy. So there's a real track record in, in you know, shining a spotlight on these young actors and they go on. So I'm really proud of, of that award and, and what it's done and the legacy of it. Have you watched The Swimmers? Can I, I, I really want to talk about The Swimmers. This is an outstanding film about... Syrian refugee, two Syrian refugee sisters who's, who are training for the Olympics and they swim. They get out of the boat and make the sacrifice of swimming because the boat's too heavy trying to cross from Turkey to Greece. It's an amazing story, isn't it? Yes, uh, yes I've, it is an incredible story. It's a true story. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it puts putting their, both their hearts and their swimming skittles to heroic use. And I think it's co-written by Jack Thorne, who is one of the most prolific and brilliant writers that we have in this country. Let's go on, because it's more... You, so you haven't seen The Whale, nor have I. No. Have you, Ed? No, I haven't seen it yet. No, uh, definitely uh, going to watch it. Uh, and obviously, uh, Brendan Fra Fraser has been uh, nominating a leading actor opposite Austin Butler as Elvis, Colin Farrell, in Banshees of Inisherin, Daryl McCormack in Good Luck to Le You, Leo Grande, and Paul Meskel, Arterson, and Bill Nye in oh, Living. Wow. What a what great, a great, great, yeah. great list. And also, do you know who's hosting this year? Yes, I do. Richard E. Grant. Yes, national treasure, Richard E. Grant. And also, Alison Hammond is in this new BAFTA studio backstage and is going to be interviewing some of the people so she's she's a co-host as tell well us about her. she's a she's a tv presenter isn't she she is and she's on this morning uh on itv she was a former reality star and what she's become known for is her really authentic natural she's like a brummy and she interviews stars like harrison ford or or ryan gosling and is just so natural and funny and put and they love interviewing with her because she's always giggling and, and and just she's normal and human and she's just so excited to be there and also we're going to have two musical performances ariana debose is returning after her supporting actress win last year uh to, to perform a contemporary track and she was in west side story of course uh, Steven Spielberg's. So Ariana DeBose is, is singing, but also we have a performance from Little Sims, 
who's just won the Mercury Prize. And our highest and most special award is the Fellowship. And it's going to Sandy Powell, the costume designer. Oh, well deserved, yeah. And and she is the first costume designer to receive uh, a Fellowship. You may know her work and, she, you know, the masterpieces have spanned over three and a half decades. So from the favourite and Shakespearean love to fantasy productions like Mary Poppins Returns and Cinderella, to The Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman and Velvet Goldmine. So she's had an incredible career and she's so distinctive. And and what's great about the fellowship now is the fellows agree to work with the arts charity, with BAFTA for the coming year to inspire and nurture the next generation of costume designers. And we also have a special tribute to the Queen. And I think one of the most emotional bits is always the obituary section where we remember people we've lost over the past Mm. year. And obviously the Queen was hugely important to the country, but also to BAFTA. You know, she she donated money from uh, a documentary that was made about the royal family to BAFTA when BAFTA needed the money to keep going. So BAFTA wouldn't be here without the Queen's support and help. And obviously our president is the Prince of Wales. And I think the genius of BAFTA is we attract world-class talent to share their experience. And and that's so we can inspire, you know, the industry and the public and also the next generation of filmmakers. Just before we let you go, Chris, I just want to ask you about three films that that we haven't talked about. And they're they're slightly surprising that these are giant directors, you know, Sam Mendes, uh, Spielberg, and of course, we've got Babylon as well. So The Fablemans and um, Empire of Light, Babylon, have you seen those? Tell our listeners about those because they've not done as well as might have been expected. Yes, so Empire of Light is Sam Mendes and Sam Mendes is one of our finest directors, BAFTA winning, Oscar winning director. Uh, Empire of Light and it's about, well, I'd say it's about the power of human connection during like turbulent times. So Olivia Coleman. Uh, plays Hillary, who's a cinema manager who's struggling with her mental health. And Stephen, uh, played by Michael Ward, who is nominated, is a new employee and he's longing to escape like provincial town where he faces adversity and, and racism. And they kind of, they get together and they find a sense of belonging and also they experience the healing power of music. It's about cinema, it's about community uh, and it's a personal film for Sam Mendes. It's it's based on his childhood and it's shot by um, the peerless Roger Deakins. Yes, he's uh, been on the podcast. <laughs> yes. He's, we love he's, Roger Deakins. He, Roger Deakins is mm. preeminent in the world of cinematography. But Empire of Light um, is nominated for three awards for Outstanding British Film, Roger Deakins and also Michael Ward in Supporting Actor. So it has been nominated and all I'd say is people say well why isn't it up for director why isn't it up for best film I'd say look that there are five nominees in those categories who would you take out I find this whole thing about so-and-so's been snubbed to be quite odd really because who would you take out and I always see it it's it's a positive that someone has been nominated and we did a huge amount of work three years ago when I became chair of BAFTA and one of the things we looked at was 
something called social dominance theory. It's 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 when you have a famous director, say Quentin Tarantino or Martin Scorsese, Spielberg. of course <laughs> Spielberg. Of course yeah. they've been gen- they are geniuses, but does that mean they automatically get nominated each time? And yeah. do people just tick the box and say, Oh yeah, Spielberg, we don't even have to watch it. It's good. And what we tried to do is level the playing field yeah. to make sure all work was seen and judged and trying to take away unconscious biases. And for instance, 40% of the performance categories this year are ethnically diverse and there's a really good age representation as well. In the best director category, four out of the six are first-time nominees and inequalities. What is the one, um, uh, nomination for the Fableman Spielberg's film? What, what is that? Uh, uh, screenplay. So, screenplay. And I think that's a really great nomination mm. because... because it's a very personal film. I know in the Oscars it was slightly more recognised, but you know we we are we are celebrating global film with a kind of uniquely British kind of lens on it. And um, just finally, uh, Babylon. Babylon. That's one I haven't watched yet. But, but, uh, you, but you need about a week to watch it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yes, long. but I've heard really good things about it. Uh, and again, that's about cinema uh, from the 1920s kind of onwards. So, yeah, I think that that's one to watch as well. Thank you so much, Chris, for giving up your time because, you know, you've got a lot of movies to watch, so much appreciated. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and no. thank you. I mean, how, it just sounds so upbeat and fabulous. And Yes, know. I think that the, the, I'm really excited about the awards this year and the hosts, the people coming... And it's a celebration of film. That's what it should be. And we want to encourage people to go to the cinema because I think streaming is is brilliant and great and democratises film and more people can see film and it's more accessible. But there's something about going to the cinema. It's magical. And you know what? It's more important than than that. It's part of our culture. It's part of our heritage. And I do worry and I think we need to as an industry, as a society, need to talk about cinema as a cultural form and what types of stories do we want to see in the cinema? Is it just the huge, spectacular blockbusters? And listen, I went to see Avatar in the cinema in 3D and it was amazing. I sat there totally enveloped in the world and it was incredible. But also, do we want to see films like After Sun? We want to see kind of more smaller different shapes and, and Living, sizes of, you know, for example. It's be- beautiful, yeah. beautiful yeah. film. And, and they are, you know, smaller films can be, and lower budget films are and can be cinematic. And cinema is there to kind of fire the imagination uh, and the soul and nourish the soul. And it's such a great part of our culture. And, and it's such a an art form that we need to cherish. So please go, go, go to your local cinema. Support the cinema. It's really important. Quite right. Well, what a great place to end. Thank you so much, Chris. What an absolute delight to have you on. Thank you. See you soon. Take care. That was brilliant. Next week, we're going to be talking about the hugely fated play Standing at the Sky's Edge. It's based on Richard Hawley's music and he collaborated with Chris Bush to turn it into a musical based on the notorious brutalist housing project Park Hill in Sheffield. 
The play opened at the Sheffield Crucible in 2019, but then lockdown hit, so its transfer to London has been delayed until now. It's now on at the Olivier at the National until the end of March, and with us to talk about it will be the director, Rob Hasty. I've seen the play, and it deserves every single one of its rave reviews and accolades, so we're very much looking forward to hearing more about it from Rob next week. As usual, you can find us at countryandtownhouse.com. You'll find the latest digital edition of the magazine there, as well as our sister podcast, House of Guests, with Carol Annette, who talks to some of the most fascinating and influential names in interior design. We love your feedback, so we want to hear from you if there's something you'd like to hear as profiling. Please leave a comment or email us on charlotte at countryandtownhouse.co.uk. See you next week.